In this episode, you will meet Wei Ling, a brand director for Oral Care Korea in the brand marketing function in PNG, to learn three things. Number one, what exactly is brand marketing? And how can a career in brand marketing look like? Number two, who this role is and isn't suitable for? And number three, what does she look out for when hiring a candidate? We also discuss the tips and tricks that helped her grow disproportionately while working. So I actually graduated from NTU in 2016. Feels very long ago. (laughs) Yeah. As the brand director, she has many big questions to answer. One of the recent things that we are doing now is what does it take to grow Oral-B as a brand? So a year ago, we launched a series of electric toothbrushes called the IO range. You can actually find it in Singapore as well. So after that, um, the business was actually doing very well and we grew double digits growth, right? But now that a year has passed, what is the next thing that we need to do for the brand so that we can continue trading in users into the Oral-B brand? and continuing to grow the brand versus the competition and versus the targets that we have for ourselves as well. If you think Wei Ling is only concerned about collaterals as a brand marketer, you're sorely mistaken. In fact, as the manager of the brand, the strangest things become her concern. A big word that always comes up was stability. Like how stable the product is for you to be able to ship it for the one month from the factory to the store and when you eventually buy it, right? We need to make sure the product doesn't break down, it doesn't get watery. I know, you must be thinking, this isn't what you expect a brand manager to be doing. But in PNG, the manager of the brand literally manages all aspects of it. But rest assured, today we'll get into the weeds of it so you can understand what a career within the brand marketing function actually looks like. Welcome to one foot in. Where we share what goes on behind the LinkedIn from sabbaticals. I was very close to getting promoted to next level. It might get delayed by a few months or a few quarters. But if I don't do it now and we have kids, then I have to delay the whole thing by 5-10 years. To asking HR if they even read cover letters in Asia. Thank God this is anonymous. Uh, by in all honesty, I do not look at cover letters. But ever so often, we'll work with companies to open their doors completely for us to interview everyone seated inside. Think of it as having an on-demand coffee chat with the company. In this series of Coffee with the Company, we'll partner with Procter & Gamble to produce Humans of P&G. P&G is a 200-year-old company that owns some of your favourite brands like SK2, Tide, Downey, Pantene, Febreze, Gillette and many more. We'll learn across 10 episodes to understand what it is exactly like to work here across all functions and levels. Welcome to Humans of P&G, a one-up media and Procter & Gamble production. Before we dive into brand marketing, you must know that PNG has a long history with branding. From the days of old, where they funded the first soap opera, PNG consistently finds new ways to communicate what's great about their brand. 
This consistency allows PNG to be recognized quite often on the global arena. The brand marketer of the decade recognizes brands for their exceptional performance at the Cannes Lion Festival. I think we've won quite a few awards, 243 up to date. By the way, the Cannes Lion is the Academy Awards for advertising. So winning 243 is a pretty insane record. Behind each of these awards is a team, whereby the brand marketers are the backbone from idea to execution. But what exactly do they do? So as a brand manager, you basically get to fully own the brand in that sense. So you touch every single element of the brand that goes up to the consumer who is at the heart of everything we do, right? So even on the smaller things like packaging, the claims, all the way to the fancy things that everyone sees day to day, like your TV commercials, your digital assets, your YouTube commercials. So every single thing like that, it goes out to the market. You get a chance to be a part of it. But it gets a little more complicated than that. Within the brand function, there are three subgroups in cascading scale from global to regional and finally local. Global is also known as the BFO. So the BFO, BFO is like a global franchise team. So what they do is that they look at really everything from a super huge, I would say, like global perspective, right? And then they try to find scale across the different parts of the world. And they also look at brand equity. So for example, what is the colors? What is the logo? What we want to stand for? So these things are typically designed from a global level and then subsequently cascaded downwards to the regional level and then finally to the markets. The global team also cascades what is known as the brand playbook. Kind of like the summary of the brand. Think of it as how the Tide laundry detergent always looks orange, no matter which country you go to. From global, it goes to the regional teams, also known as the RBU. So regional business unit. And what these people do is they look at more long-term and strategic roles of the portfolio. So for example, right, what are some of the emerging consumer trends? What are some of the new products that we need to start to create and launch in the next three to five years? How do we grow things like penetration? How do we get the next level TV copy for the market itself? The regional team then cascades this down to the local teams, also known as the SMO. The SMO role, which is the selling organisation. What we do is that we take these great ideas and great initiatives from the regional team and sort of execute it in the market. We localize it. We add in a little bit of a local language, local nuances, for example, and then we execute it in the market. So we work closely with the customer teams. I've been to a couple of sales, even personally, right, with like, for example, NTUC, right, where we sell the products, uh, we talk to them about what we are doing, and then we execute the actual media buying in the market. This confusing setup is actually very smart if you know what PNG is trying to do. In the book Playing to Win by A.G. Lefley, PNG's ex CEO details the strategy behind scale. Because PNG's products might be used in multiple countries, they decided to aggregate them into regional business units, which will have aggregate powers against suppliers. However, each business unit enters a single country. For example, hair care, oral care, and fabric care will all be entering Thailand. To enable Thailand to have scale, the local business unit is formed 
which now has aggregated powers against the country's TV networks. This matrix structure allows PNG to form scale across cost drivers that are both product-specific and country-specific. Where you sit within the structure then affects the KPIs within your brand marketing role. It really depends on the kind of role that you are in, whether it's like the RBU or the SMO. For example, if you are in the RBU, then a typical KPI could be that a launch on time. Did you manage to get all of the toolkit elements and did you manage to launch the product on time? Let's say if the start of ship or what we typically call like the SOS is 1st December. Did it actually launch on 1st December and was it shipped out to customers on 1st December, for example? So that's a very typical one. And then when you go to a market level, KPI, the most common is your top line targets. For example, if you were supposed to ship 20 million for the quarter, so did you actually ship 20 million for the quarter? Another one could be that, are you growing share in the market, right? Like, uh, have you grown share versus competition? And are like your assets qualified? We put them through consumer testing, like a blind test. And then we make sure that consumers actually like what they are seeing before we actually air it on TV or even put it out on YouTube. Some other KPIs could also be that, are you growing penetration? Are we growing new users into the brand consistently? So these are very important things to make sure that your brand health is on track. Weiling is the best person to share about brand marketing because in her career, she has had many rotations, even experimental roles. Because her career is so varied in PNG, having someone like her can give you a good glimpse of how your career might look like. For Weiling, she started her career as part of the Global Developing Markets team, a kind of startup within PNG. This unit was a very small team. It was just me and my boss in brand function. So it was just the two of us really, but we were a very fast and agile team. And what we did was that we basically looked at countries' combinations across uh, APEC. We figured out which country didn't have a specific category, didn't have a specific product, and we just took it and launched it very quickly. I remembered that I tried to launch a, a baby detergent brand in Australia. I had to do a landscape analysis. And then from then on, I had to figure out what was some of the available formulas from around the globe. But not only that, there were actually a lot of things that I wasn't thinking of apparently. Like, you know, is the formula going to make money? Do we have supply? Is it regulatory compliance? All of these problems that kept coming in towards the end of it. So there were definitely points in time when like, I felt a bit overwhelmed and intimidated by it all, right? But I, I was very thankful to have the support of my team. They knew that I was new as well, so there were no stupid questions in their minds and I just kept asking these things. After her stint in GDMA, she was hurled into the digital world of e-commerce for baby care before joining the healthcare division in PNG. It was there where she experienced most fulfilling and toughest challenge yet, launching Vic's First Defense. For those that might not know what is Vic's First Defense, so it's a, it's a preventive spray that you can use uh, when you get the first signs of cold. So you know sometimes you get that first like itchy throat, you get this like sneeze and you feel like, oh, I'm falling sick already, like I can feel it, right? Something is wrong. That's when you quickly use Fix First Defense and it works in such a way that it traps, inactivates and removes the cold particles in your nose so that you can like sneeze it out or, and, and remove it 
before it accumulates too much and you actually fall sick, right? But this was one thing that was very impactful for me because this was one of a, a very rushed uh, and also a large-scale project that we only had 50% of the usual lead time that we had. Even when we were rushing, right, um, as a company, we don't want to do anything that is not right for the consumer. So if there is anything in terms of like the formula, in terms of like regulatory, in terms of like claims and packaging that didn't seem or feel like it was the best thing that we could do, we still wanted to improve on it, right? And, and this worked very well actually in Australia. We were the number one product in one of the major supermarket chains at the time and within the first three months of launch. After the role, she promoted, eventually starting her first expat assignment, which is her current role in Korea. So it's very exciting. It's very cold, <laughs> right? very different from what we have in Singapore. But I think it's a good learning experience for anyone that, you know, are looking for a diverse career, looking for an international experience. So what I do now is I lead a team of seven people, actually. Uh, brand managers, professional health detailers, oral health managers for the Korea oral care business. So what we do day to day is really engaging with the sales team, for example, executing the initiatives that are coming up, looking at our point of sale materials, for example, when you go online and you scroll and you see all those images, right? Those things have to be carefully thought of and carefully test and learn in a digital environment, looking at our media plans, you know, coaching and guiding my team. They are a really new team. It makes it very fun and exciting, of course, right? So that I'm ensuring that they are set up for success in PNG, that they get like the learning experience that they want as well. While Weiling's career sounds fun, there's something you should know. This role requires you to really manage the brand. And that could put you in challenging scenarios. For example, as a brand owner, sometimes even the smallest things come to you like, oh, you don't have enough supply for a launch or even things like, hey, your brand is not making money, what are you going to do? Hey, your, your formula is breaking down in the factory now, we need to solve this. I was really looking through, you know, formula cards, trying to figure out okay, what is this ingredient, what is this thing, what is this like name that I've never heard of in my life, right? Just so that I can better understand what was going on in the meeting. While I was not the one doing the actual testing of the product, but what I made sure to do as um, like a brand manager was that, you know, I actively led the discussions. I made sure that, you know, we were, we were together as a team to come up with a recommendation on the options that we can do for the brand. For example, option one, do we want to reformulate? What was the impact of it? Option two, let's brainstorm. Can we retest it? But can we still submit some form of documentation to the regulatory board? so to accelerate the process of the registration. So we actively brainstorm as a team and then I help to pull together the recommendations, the decision sheets to the senior leadership team so that they can make the final call on what was best for the launch. We'll cover what the team does in the next few episodes. But since we had Weiling in a spot, we figured why not ask her all the assumptions that people have about brand marketing in PNG. Weiling, are you ready? So the first assumption is that FMCG is boring. What do you have to say about that? I mean, it's shampoo and it's toothbrushes. It's definitely not as cool, but boring? No, I don't think so. <laughs> even if it's shampoo, even if it's just toothbrushes, there's a lot of different like innovation that can go into it, right? 
for like toothbrushes now, like when I went into oral care, I didn't even know that electric toothbrushes were so advanced these days, right? I just used a, a manual one, but now they have electric toothbrushes that have AI sensors. My toothbrush literally gives me a sad face if I don't brush for two minutes. And even has colours that shows you uh, when you're brushing too hard, too soft, and even has seven modes on an electric toothbrush, right? From like tongue cleaner, super sensitive. So I think even if it's just a seemingly mundane product, there's so many things that you can do to make a consumer life better. The next is on brand marketing. Uh, because the role manages the brand, would you say that majority of your day is about creative design? I would actually say it's uh, maybe 60 the other 40% really goes into like data analysis. You need to know what your consumer is thinking, what is the trends in the market. It goes into things like um, financial analysis. There's also things like understanding your product and also even maybe sometimes supply chain. Uh, what is your forecast? Do you have enough supply? Do you have enough demand? And when a customer wants to ship more for the next month, for example, how are you going to manage that? Next one is on your degree. PNG Marketing hires only those who study uh, marketing. Is that statement true or false? I don't think it's true at all. Actually, a lot of my friends around me didn't come from marketing background. I have friends who are engineering background, communications background. So no, I don't think it's true. The last statement is brand marketers don't need hard skills, uh, only soft skills. True or false? I think it's true to a certain extent though. Like, if you're talking about things like coding, softwares, I don't think it's as relevant. What's really important is like critical thinking, being able to connect the dots in the data that you see, drive the insight more than anything. Right, right. But uh, what about Photoshop? Do we need to learn that? Uh, it's a good to have, but it's not necessary. We have a team of really good agencies that can help you with that. Thanks, Weiling. So, are you guys still around? If you are, I'm guessing you're curious how to enter the function. We've asked Weiling that as well. But bear in mind that this is her opinion, which might differ from others. So let's talk about internships. Uh, are there any special internships that PNG looks out for when hiring? So the most important thing we look at is called the peak factors. You can actually Google online as well and look for it, right? So there's five different things that we look at, you know, across things like leading with courage, innovate for growth, execute with excellence. So I think as long as you display those qualities in your resume, that's the most important thing. So if I can give an example, you might not have a marketing internship, but you were captain or you were president of this club in school and you actively manage your departments to organize this activity. You navigated your team through some kind of crisis. You managed to fundraise despite a very challenging times. I think these are all displays of like great leadership qualities that you should call out in the interview or even in your resume. Right. Uh, sorry if I'm trying to catch on to things that might not exist. Uh, but from all your examples, it sounds like minimally you should be a club president or someone in a leadership role. Uh, would you say that that's true? I would say that it really is on what you are driving, right? So even as a club member, I'm sure that day-to-day -day you are helping to coordinate a lot of activities. You are helping to get your team together, trying to do something, right? So like these are all you know tiny displays of leadership, I would say. Might not necessarily have a fancy title to it, but you really just need to display that clear action of what you are driving within your sphere of influence. What about grades? 
for me, I'm gonna say no because uh, I didn't. You know, I think a lot of people think that you need a 4.0 GPA, but I didn't have it. So yeah, right. Is there anything else in the resume that you think uh, is important to you, at least when you interview people? As a you know, as a recruiter and interviewer myself, right? I think it's one of the things that I've realized a lot is that there's a lot of um, mini startups that candidates are choosing to do on their own now, right? Be it an NGO that they are creating or some sort of business that they are starting up during the whole COVID period. And I think those are very interesting things that have stood out to me. And I'm always very interested to find out like, you know, what they did, what was the idea that came to them one day that made them decide to do this. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so we covered the resume. Uh, now it's a bit of a contentious one. Uh, what about personality? Are there any traits that you think is important to have? For me, I think it's uh, strong accountability. Yeah. I, I feel like for you to really succeed, right? It's important to not be someone that sort of... Um, pushes the blame around, right? Sometimes it really just sucks and it's not your fault, but then uh, it's really on how you see the situation, how you take control and try to pull everyone together to solve the problem instead of just pushing the blame around and then in the end, nothing gets moving. Last question, and I know it's tough, but are there any personality disqualifiers? When you are not upfront about what you don't know, for me personally <laughs> you know sometimes you join and you are very afraid of asking questions because you think that it's stupid questions right but I think it's much better to just ask those stupid questions be transparent with what you don't know and get the help early on rather than you struggling and wasting so much time right and then ending up with something that your manager might not want I learned it the hard way so I feel like you know I just want to encourage people anyone Right. If you have any questions that you don't know, you feel like there's some doubt, just ask what's the worst that can happen. They just say no or they judge you for a bit, but it's okay. You get your job done. <laughs> By the way, we also asked Weiling about the tips and tricks that disproportionately helped her throughout her career. We've kept that at the very end of the podcast. So, what does a brand manager do? Well, it's better understood by reversing the words. Managing the brand. That means you manage all aspects of it, even obscure information like product viscosity. Probably even its legal components will be under your purview. While that allows you greater control over the brand, it also means you have to put in the effort to learn all aspects of the brand and to find ways to work well with other functions that contribute to the team. If all this sounds fun to you, then you'll want to apply into brand marketing we've dropped the careers link in our description. But if you're still uncertain of what to expect, we've asked that for you. So last question, Weiling. Uh, we ask this to everyone, but to anyone uh, who's applying for brand marketing, uh, what can they expect? While it might seem like a lot, things definitely do get better. But what really has made it worth it is the people that I've met there. So the first team that I've worked with, which was in the white space expansion role, right? These are the friends that I still hang out with up to this day, right? And these are the people that have been a stronger support system for me, right? So I think that, you know, while, while sometimes that you might feel like it's a lot, but it's really a great learning experience, keep an open mind, keep asking your questions, 
And, you know, no one has ever said no to me for any help that you need. So go to your managers, go to your buddies, go to your friends, and you definitely will be able to get the help and support that you need to help you through this. That's Wei Ling, a brand director for Oral Care Korea in the brand marketing function in PNG. Thanks for staying all the way to the end. Here's our discussion with Wei Ling on her top tips and tricks that helped her. Uh, the next segment is on the tips and tricks that helped you in your career. So uh, what's one helpful advice that you've received? What I really remembered right, from one of my old managers was that sometimes you need to take a step back and look at the big picture of what you have done so far. When I was doing the delivery role for, for Vicks in Malaysia, Singapore and Vietnam, right, and I was saying that it was under delivery. So basically, we were just not selling the product and inventory was stockpiling in a distributor. We had up to a year of inventory, so nothing was moving. I felt very demotivated. Like I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> nothing is working. But, uh, you know, my manager just said, like, you know, right, just like take a step back, okay? Look at what you can control, what you cannot control, and just like give, give, give yourself a little bit of credit. So I just kind of like took a step back and I was like, okay, you know, even though it's not delivering, but, you know, what we've done well is at least we've managed to sell in a big project for the next year. Okay, even though we've not done well, we've at least we've managed to actively engage people to have a committed number for the next year, things like that. I feel sometimes we're too hard on ourselves, right? But what if I have to ask the reverse? Uh, what's the least helpful advice you've received? It's when someone tells me that, oh, don't worry, we'll figure it out tomorrow. It's <laughs> like a... As like a new hire or a new brand manager, right? Like you're constantly worried, at least for me. I feel like, you know, I feel like unless I know what is going on or like someone gives me a clear answer, like how am I going to not worry? Because at the end of the day, that, that thing needs to happen, right? So like when someone tells me this, I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Okay, what do I do now? Do I just go to bed? <laughs> so I never ever took it. I continued to worry. <laughs>